0: Welcome to Accounting 101, Episode 7, Accounts Payable, Purchases, Payments, Discounts, and Agings. Accounts Payable is a concept in accounting that tracks the amount a business owes to its vendors. Accounts Payable is a liability account, meaning that it has a normal credit balance. Accounts Payable is a current liability, which means that it is expected to be satisfied within one year. So it appears on the current liability section of the balance sheet. You may see Accounts Payable abbreviated as AP or A/P. As discussed in the previous episode, Accounts Payable is used in the accrual method of accounting, but is not used in the cash method of accounting. We are learning the accrual method of accounting. The cash method of accounting is more relevant for tax purposes, but we will get into all that in another episode. A company's accounts payable balance at any time represents the amount of vendor invoices that have been recorded but have not yet been paid. The same caveat I discussed in the accounts receivable episode applies here. When I am talking about debiting or crediting accounts payable, I am actually referring to the specific subaccount for that vendor and invoice. Because accounts payable has a normal credit balance, it is increased by credits and reduced by debits. The corresponding debit, when accounts payable is increased with a credit, is generally going to be to one, an expense account, which has a normal debit balance, two, a prepaid asset, also known as a prepaid expense account, which is an asset with a normal debit balance, or three, a fixed asset account, which is also an asset account with a normal debit balance. When accounts payable is debited to reduce it, the most common credit is going to be to cash, which would mean that we have paid off that accounts payable balance. Keep in mind that in an accounting textbook or on an accounting exam, you may see in the word problem that something was purchased on account or on credit And these are code words for accounts payable and accounts receivable. So you just have to figure out if your company is the one purchasing the goods or services, which would be accounts payable, or if your company is selling the goods or services, which would be accounts receivable. Also in accounting textbook world, you need to be aware of what the discount terms look like. If you actually end up working in an accounts payable department, you will definitely learn whatever terms you need to but the way they are generally described in accounting textbooks is that if you see 1 slash 10 n slash 30 or net 30, that means that you will receive a 1% discount if you pay within 10 days and the entire invoice is due within 30 days. That's what net 30 means. So if you see 2 slash 10 net 60, That would mean that you would receive a 2% discount within 10 days and the entire invoice is due within 60 days you get the idea outside of accounting textbook world you should easily be able to determine the payment terms if you are looking at a real invoice because it will tell you when the payment is due how much is due in full and how much to pay with the discount if you pay by a certain date another accounting term that we will run into this episode is inventory These are goods that we are purchasing for resale. Inventory is an asset account and is shown in the asset section of the balance sheet. There are inventory costing methods that you will become aware of, but we are not going to discuss those today. You may see the terms LIFO and FIFO. Those have to do with inventory costing. Let's discuss the journal entries for typical accounts payable transactions. In our first example, Let's say that we receive a bill from our accountants for $8,000 for services they performed. When we receive their invoice, we're going to enter the following transaction in our general ledger. Debit accounting expense for $8,000. Credit accounts payable for $8,000. The debit to accounting expense will increase accounting expense because it is an expense account with a normal debit balance and the credit to accounts payable will increase accounts payable because it is a liability with a normal credit balance when we decide to pay that eight thousand dollar invoice we will debit accounts payable for eight thousand dollars and we will credit cash for eight thousand dollars this transaction will reduce accounts payable by eight thousand dollars and decrease cash by eight thousand dollars pause here if necessary to determine why that transaction is reducing both of those accounts That's the typical entry for a normal expense charge to accounts payable and then paid. You are also going to need to know how to record purchases of inventory through accounts payable. But of course, there are two main methods for tracking inventory that you need to be aware of. We will go over tracking inventory in a separate episode, but the two primary methods are the periodic inventory method and the perpetual inventory method. The different inventory methods are very confusing for most Accounting 101 students, so we're going to take care of that in a separate episode because I don't want to get too far off track here. The main point I want you to take away is that when you make a purchase from a vendor on account, whether it's for goods, services, or inventory, you are always going to credit accounts payable to increase it. The debit is going to be relevant to the transaction, so it might be an expense account or an asset account. When your company is making a purchase you should automatically be thinking that you are either going to credit cash or credit accounts payable you just need to read the facts of the question to see which you were supposed to use now let's discuss how we record sales discounts from the perspective of the purchaser with accounts payable sales discounts for accounts payable are a little bit more confusing than recording discounts when dealing with accounts receivable because there are two methods for recording sales discounts when dealing with accounts payable. The two methods to record sales discounts for accounts payable are the gross method and the net method. The gross method records the transaction at the gross or full amount of the transaction and then deals with the discount only if you pay the invoice within the discount period. The net method records the transaction at the amount net of the discount which assumes that we are going to take the discount and makes an adjustment if we do not take the discount. Let's start with the gross method and assume that we receive a $5,000 invoice from a vendor of ours related to consulting services. And the invoice states that we will receive a 2% discount if we pay within 10 days, which should save us $100. Under the gross method, we first record the full transaction, the gross amount. And then we record the discount if we pay in time. To record the full transaction, we debit consulting expense for $5,000 and we credit accounts payable for $5,000. This transaction increases both of those accounts because consulting expense is an expense with a normal debit balance and accounts payable is a liability with a normal credit balance. If we pay within 10 days we will debit accounts payable for $5,000 because we need to eliminate the entire payable related to that invoice and we will credit cash for $4,900 because that is the amount we are paying and we need another credit for $100 to balance the transaction so that the debits and credits equal and that credit will be for $100 to consulting expense The debit to accounts payable for $5,000 will reduce accounts payable because it's a liability, the credit to cash for $4,900 will reduce cash because it's an asset, and the credit to consulting expense for $100 will decrease consulting expense because it's an expense account with a normal debit balance. The net effect of this transaction is that our consulting expense will be $4,900 because we debited our expense for $5,000 in the initial transaction and we just made a $100 credit to our expense account in the transaction recording the discount. If we had paid after the discount period ended, we would have debited accounts payable for $5,000 and credited cash for $5,000 when we paid. So you can see that the gross method makes more sense to use if you do not intend on paying early to receive the discount. Let's look at the same example using the net method. Under the net method, we would initially record our accounts payable amount at the amount net of the 2% discount because we are assuming that we are going to take advantage of the discount. When we receive the $5,000 invoice with the 2% discount, we are going to debit consulting expense for $4,900, and we are going to credit accounts payable for $4,900. This transaction will increase consulting expense And increase accounts payable when we pay within the discount period we will simply debit accounts payable for $4,900 which will decrease accounts payable and we will credit cash for $4,900 which will reduce cash if under the net method we did not pay in time to receive the discount which means that we had to pay the full $5,000 We already know that we are going to have to credit cash for $5,000 because we are paying $5,000 in cash. And we also know that we are going to have to debit accounts payable for $4,900 because we cannot debit our accounts payable balance by more than the $4,900 that we had initially entered. So we require one more debit for $100 and that is going to be to consulting expense. This means that if we do not pay in time to receive our discount, our consulting expense will reflect the amount of $5,000 because we recorded $4,900 consulting expense when we recorded the payable and we just recorded an additional $100 when we paid, which makes sense because that is the total amount that we ended up paying towards consulting expense. You can see why the net method is better if the company intends on paying within the discount period and the gross method is better if the company does not intend on taking the discount. To figure out these journal entries, keep in mind that the debits and credits are always going to equal each other, and also you are going to have certain anchors within the journal entry. For example, in that last journal entry, we knew that we had to credit cash for 5,000, and we knew that we could only debit accounts payable by 4,900 because we cannot make the balance of that invoice negative. So you know that to make the entry equal, we are going to have to make another debit for $100. And you must be logical in determining what account makes the most sense to debit for the remaining $100. Let's move on to accounts payable aging. An accounts payable aging is pretty much identical to an accounts receivable aging, except that we are showing our accounts payable. For example, if we assume that we have total accounts payable of 100,000, and 40,000 of it is from within the last 30 days, 30,000 is between 31 and 60 days old, 20,000 is between 61 and 90 days old, and 10,000 is between 91 and 120 days old. Our accounts payable aging would have a column for each of those periods with those amounts in each respective column, and the total of all the columns would be $100,000 which would be our total accounts payable balance. The importance of accounts payable aging schedules and accounts receivable aging schedules is that when running a business, cash flow management is very important. If you are managing a company, you want to wait as long as possible to pay your accounts payable, and you want to receive payment on your accounts receivable as soon as possible. So an aging of the company's accounts receivable and accounts payable can help manage cash flow. The main point to take away from this episode is that accounts payable is increased with a credit, usually when the company is incurring an expense, and accounts payable is reduced with a debit and the corresponding credit will usually be to cash, which represents a payment. That covers the basics of accounts payable. I would appreciate if you could take a minute and help me grow the podcast by giving it a 5-star rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It doesn't have to be a long review, but if I am helping you better understand accounting, I am asking you to do me a favor that will make it easier for other people to find the podcast. I can only grow with your help, so please help me out. Thanks for joining me, and I'll speak to you next time.